0: A reading from Psalm 5. These are God's words. A lamp to our feet and a light to our pie. For the choir director, for the flutes, a psalm of David. Give ear to my word, O Yahweh. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the sound of my cry for help, my king and my God. For to you I pray. O Yahweh, in the morning, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil does not sojourn with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all workers of iniquity. You destroy those who speak falsehood. Yahweh abhors the man of bloodshed and deceit. But as for me, in the abundance of your loving kindness, I will enter your house. At your holy temple I will worship in fear of you. O Yahweh, lead me in your righteousness because of my foes. Make your way straight before me. There is nothing reliable in their mouth. Their inward part is destruction itself. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Hold them guilty, O God. By their own devices let them fall. In the abundance of their transgressions... Thrust them out, for they are rebellious against you, but let all who take refuge in you be glad, let them ever sing for joy, and may you shelter them, that those who love your name may exult in you, for it is for it is you who blesses the righteous one, O Yahweh. you surround him with favor as with a large shield. These are God's words.:
1: By then we live.
0: So we're going to draw a few lessons uh, from this psalm now and seek to understand what it's saying. Uh, We do not know the specific context in which David wrote this psalm, but we can tell by the contents of the psalm itself that he wrote it in a time of trouble. He is asking God for help, and it reads much like a personal prayer. Even so, David says that this personal prayer is to be sung by the choir, and it is meant to be accompanied by the music of the flute. So it is fitting that we sing it today as a congregation. Um, One thing that sticks out in this prayer for help, particularly in the first half, is that David is working hard to support his requests with good reason, telling God, This is why you should help me. We can learn from David here how to make requests of God and support our prayers with good reason. I don't think it's necessary that we do support our prayers with reason, but we can learn from David um, how we can do this. Uh, The first reason he gives is that he is going to Yahweh in particular for help and not to another. He my cry, he says, for or because to you, God, I pray. When we go to God for help, he is on it above all other potential sources of help. Think about how, how this reason functions. If we ask God for help, believing my help comes from Yahweh who made the heavens and the earth, what would it say if he left us in want? Think about what it would communicate to a watching world if his people did not receive help when they asked. It would appear that God is a helper that cannot be depended upon. So David says here, Give heed to the sound of my cry for help, my king and my God, for to you I pray. He invokes the character of God, knowing that He will be true to who he is. The second reason that David uses to support his request is a long compound argument that essentially reminds God that he is against evildoers and he is for the righteous. Give heed to my cry, David says, for or because you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil does not sojourn with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all workers of iniquity, you destroy those who speak falsehood. Yahweh abhors the man of bloodshed and deceit. David's request is strengthening, uh, strengthened by showing that God is on his side in this situation. God sides with the righteous, not with the wicked. And those who are persecuting David are firmly on the side of wickedness. David reminds God of this, saying, You hate all workers of iniquity, God, so help me. I think I should briefly address the problem that many modern Christians would have with statements like the one that we see here, God hates all evildoers. Similar statements can be found throughout the Psalms. And aren't we all workers of iniquity? Wasn't David a worker of iniquity too? How can he and the rest of us set ourselves apart in the sight of God? The answer to this adds complexity to the way that we see sin and the world around us. But Christians, if we are to be mature, must not be satisfied with a simple understanding of the world and sin. While it is true that we all sin, there are particular, particularly wicked men and women in the world who set themselves against their maker by seeking to, to destroy his image and man. David needed to be delivered from men who wanted to murder him. In the psalm, they are described as men of bloodshed and deceit. This makes them particularly wicked, and we are told here that God abhors them. Men and women who are like this today are the baby-murdering abortionists, the body-mutilating doctors who destroy the image of God and man by destroying healthy sexual organs of children, uh, the thugs and gangs who shoot up other gang members and their neighbourhoods, Dictators around the world who, who oppress their populations and modern-day sex traffickers who have uh, slave trades of women. Our perfectly holy God abhors these unrepentant and evil people. And until they repent of their murderous ways, we should abhor them too. Another way of understanding David's language here is that throughout the Psalms, the people of God are referred to as the righteous. Righteous. And those who are not God's people are referred to as the wicked. Referring to all men in these two categories is right because it is true generally. Since God is at work in his people, the fruit of his spirit sets us apart in the world as a holy people. Therefore it is right that we be referred to as the righteous ones. May this be truer of the visible church than it currently is. In the second half of the psalm, David makes a second request. That as he faces this difficult situation, God would lead, lead him in the way of righteousness. He first asks God that he would act on his behalf. That's what we read earlier. And now he asks God that he would help him act righteously. Make your way straight before me, he says. These two requests highlight two key aspects of the Christian life. We need God to help us in the things that we cannot control. And we need to take control of the things that have been given to us to do, being equipped and led by the power of God. We cannot neglect either of these realities. Paul said this of himself in Colossians 1.29, For this purpose I also labor, that's his part, he's striving, striving according to his working which he works in me in power, that's God's working. So David is asking that God would lead him in righteousness as he faces his present troubles. He then points out that the wicked are being led by their own bankrupt wisdom and devices into their own destruction. Their end is inevitable because they are rebellious against God. It says, by their own devices let them fall. And the abundance of their transgressions thrust them out. For they are rebellious against you. He then finishes the psalm by showing that in the end, the righteous will rejoice with singing. This too is an inevitability because God blesses the righteous and surrounds them with his favor so that they would exult in his name. It says, but let all who take refuge in you be glad, let them ever sing for joy and may you shelter them that those who love your name may exult in you for it is you who blesses the righteous one, O Yahweh. You surround him with favour, as with a large shield. Okay, so we're going to sing a version of Psalm 5, and it's, it's quite a long psalm, so we're just going to do the first half of it. Um, it's about five or six verses, I think. And if we did the whole lot, it might get a bit tedious. Uh, we're going to do it to the tune of uh, Scarborough Fair, the Simon and Garfunkel song, okay. but it's going to be done in a hymn style. So um, generally with hymns, at the end of each line, you'll have like a two beat, that is just a, a break of a breath so instead of doing it how simon Garfunkel does it we're just going to have a short little break between each line of of two beats so let's sing this together now
1: listen to my words oh lord know the whispered things i say up for help. God, my King, to you I pray. Hear me in the morning, Lord, when I lift my voice on high. Finding evil no delight evil cannot dwell with you nor the proud stand in your sight. You hate all who practice sin. you destroy.